This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Today on episode number 648 of the School of Podcasting, you went from full-time doctor to full-time podcaster. We've got a conversation with Dr. Ryan Gray. And if you log into your WordPress and go, (laughs) what? Yeah, we've got a solution for that. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcaster, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology, face your fears, flatten the learning curve, and get you podcasting in the right direction. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. You can use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up on either a monthly or yearly subscription, or if you want, order the courses a la carte. Again, website, schoolofpodcasting.com. And I know it's like every time you hear now the School of Podcasting, it starts off with that little jingle about being part of the Power of Podcasting Network. And you might be asking yourself, what is on the Power of Podcasting Network? Well, here's the answer. Best podcasting gear. So with the Rodecaster, if you replaced everything that's inside of it, that would be $1,073. And yet this unit goes for $599. And that's why I wanted to make sure you knew about it before you went into 2019. More podcast money. In 2017, Patreon paid out $150 million, and they are set to pay out $300 million in 2018. Podcast Review Show. Dave, you and I both listened to this show separately, and I too picked out that exact thing. It's that Anita told some great stories in this uh, entire episode. Ask the podcast coach. Where it becomes a problem and they get mad and you're like, okay, I don't want to have, I don't want to see that happen again to somebody. And so you're like, stop doing that. You know, yeah. you get, and it sounds like that can sometimes can sound a little cranky. Because of my podcast. The last time I was at Tales of the Cocktail, uh, you know, I was on this media list and uh, McAllen Scotch sent a Maserati to pick me up. Podcast rodeo show. This is where we grab a random podcast See how long we can hang on, and then I give you my honest first impression. Building a better Dave. This is the show where I talk about pretty much whatever I want, because it's a heck of a lot cheaper than therapy. Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. And our flagship podcast. The School of Podcasting. And hey, that's right where we're at. So before we get to Dr. Ryan Gray, I want to remind you that the question of the month is due by Friday, December 28th. And it's actually, this is a yearly tradition for me. It is a hard question. So you don't need to remind me that this is a hard question because I know it's a hard question and you only get to pick one. If you give me two, I am taking your first answer. It's a little bit like Jeopardy that way. And the question is, what is your favorite podcast and why? So, and also if you can let me know where it is, that would be great too. So what's your favorite podcast? Where is it? And why is it your favorite? And then let me know what your podcast is. If you have one, if you don't, that's fine. But if you do, what is your podcast? What's it about? And where can I find that? And again, you can just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. Use that. I do kind of prefer that they're in audio format because, well, you know, it's a podcast. But if you do want to email, like record something on your phone and email it to me, my email address is dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. Just put December question in the title. And again, 
I need that by Friday, December 28th, because New Year's Eve, January 31st, we're kissing 2018 goodbye with another classic School of Podcasting, What Was Your Favorite Podcast? We've done this like the last three or four years. I look forward to hearing from you. Joining me via Squadcast, I knew you had a lot of podcasts pre-med years. Is do you, do you get cool and call it MCAT or is it just MCAT? What's the what's the official MCAT? Yeah, no M- MCAT. MCAT MCAT cars, which is like the Jay Leno spinoff. Maybe I'm not really sure. <laughs> Old pre med specialty stories, and of course, ask Doctor Gray. And I've I've brought him on because you just have a great story, and you're always coming up with these great tips. Your website looks awesome. And I'm like, hey, one of the ways that you can learn how to do things better is to find somebody who's kind of doing. Well, what you'd like to do and go, hey, how'd you do that? So, Dr. Ryan Gray, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks for having me, Dave Jackson. Let's let's go back, because uh, I know you are, or, or you're a former flight surgeon in uh, the Air Force. Yep. So how did you go from, from surgeon to podcaster? I started uh, this game way back in 2012 because of... Uh, guess who the the illegitimate father of kind of everybody in this space it seems like Pat Flynn yes right so I I got into talk radio a, a long time ago after I realized that driving listening to music put me to sleep hmm. and so trying not to kill anybody on the roads I started listening to to sports talk radio and then that led me into podcasts at some point probably 2008 2009 and then I was active duty Air Force after medical school in 2012 and i was a a geo bachelor we call it in the military geographically separated from my wife and she she was in boston doing her neurology residency i was in dover delaware at the uh, air force base there and so i had lots of free time on my hands and for me i've always been a builder a creator hand coding html websites way back way back in the day. And uh, even during medical school, I'm a self-taught computer programmer. So I wrote some code and sold it uh, during medical school. And so the the next thing to build was always on my mind. And I had some discussions with 18, 19 year old airmen about what it was like to get into medical school and that whole journey. And I realized that I really liked talking about it. And I had some some difficulties in my journey. So I was like, I'm going to go out and and start a website and put out some good information, some real information out there. Uh, the the biggest website back then, which still is today, has kind of a negative vibe to it. Uh, a lot of cutthroat kids go to it, and and there's a lot of negativity, a lot of wrong information. So I, I I wanted to start a website with real stuff and and some positive vibes. And that was February 2012. I registered medical school HQ.net, uh, kind of a playoff of Pat's uh, security guard training HQ, and uh, the rest is history. And what uh, what podcast was that? So I didn't start in this game to podcast. I started just to have uh, a website that uh. was going to make lots of money with AdSense, like Pat did with with uh, his security guard site. And then I realized that, oh, it's not about making money. It's about the connections I'm making here and the the community that's building. And so that was February 2012. I started the website. November 2012 is when I launched my first podcast. It was called the Medical School HQ Podcast, just branded after my website. And uh, I I had recorded sessions way before November. I was just too scared to put them out. And I finally put them out in November. (laughs) Now, what were you afraid of? What was was holding you back? 
Oh, you know the the the. I, I forget if it's a cartoon or a movie that they're they're all gonna laugh at you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I hate my own voice, and they're all gonna laugh at me, and I imposter syndrome, right? Everybody goes through so yeah. all, all the normal stuff that everybody goes through, and of course, I kick myself now if I started six months earlier. How much could I have grown? The the whole compounding interest it would have could have been even much bigger. Did you see a, a big difference between being a, a blogger and a podcaster? Was the interaction, you know, did anything change? That you're like, oh, wow, this podcast thing is way different. Yeah, I liked it more. <laughs> I just, I liked talking more than writing blog posts. And I, I never really got into the whole writing blog posts. They were more kind of heavily researched, data-driven posts. And I was looking at one the other day, and at the end, there's like, eight or nine citations of different places we've been. So they weren't, they weren't typical blog posts. And so they, were, they weren't very fun to put together. And then when I started podcasting and just reaching out to guests and, and bringing them on, that was just, it was more fun for me, even though I'm a, a huge introvert. Yeah, that's always interesting. I think, and for me, podcasting is the best tool for introverts because you get to work with lots of people without actually meeting lots of people. <laughs> it's yeah. You can't drain me over the internet. <laughs> So so that was medical school. What is that now? Because obviously that's not one of the ones I named off. Yeah, it's not one of the ones you read off. And there's other ones that you haven't read, you didn't read off that are uh, <laughs> budding. So Medical School HQ podcast was rebranded to the pre-med years because I was going to create a medical student-focused show. So I started broad. The goal was to do pre-meds, so students who want to get into medical school, and then medical students, the the ones who are already in. And I realized pretty quickly that I started way too wide and I had to niche down. And I enjoyed talking about pre-med stuff more than the med student stuff at the time. And so I kept the brand Medical School HQ, the podcast, but the majority, all of the content was pretty much focused on pre-meds. And Launching in 2012, around 2016, students who have helped get into medical school are now in medical school, and they're like, hey, Ryan, like, I kind of still listen to the podcast every once in a while just to check in, but it'd be awesome if we had content for where we are now. And mm. so I was like, cool, like, I'm full-time doing this now, and let's do it. I have, I have the bandwidth for another podcast. Let's do it. And then I quickly realized that I didn't have the bandwidth for another podcast at that point in time. <laughs> and uh, I rebranded to the pre-med years to make room for a med school years or med student years, whatever I was going to call it. And and uh, that never launched um, yet. 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 Well, well, so let's back up a second. So you, you went from being a doctor yeah. to how did you transition from – you know, doctor to, to full-time <laughs> podcaster. Cause like you just said there, Hey, I, I jumped into the second podcast and went, oopsie, not enough time in the day. How did, yeah. how did you back up and fix that? Cause that's the one of the things I like about this is you're actually like, Hey, let's do this. And you go, Oh wait, hold on. And wait. then you back up and you correct. And then you, you find another way. Yeah. Course correct. It's all about course correct. Yeah. There's the cool business people say pivot. Yeah. So how did I get full time in this? So I was working in the Air Force. I had some health issues. I was a flight surgeon, which means that you get to go fly around the world in fun aircraft. And uh, I had some health issues and the Air Force wouldn't let me go up in an airplane anymore. And so I was like, hmm, maybe I should think about something else. And I had this fun little project on the side that I was doing, uh, not really making a, a ton of money at that point. And um, 
I, I was lucky enough that my wife, being a physician, uh, had a good enough income that we we talked and said, hey, if I do this full-time entrepreneur thing, what is that going to look like? What's our budget going to look like? What are we going to do? And so we pulled the trigger and July of 2015, I left the Air Force. We moved to Boulder, Colorado, and I went full-time entrepreneur. And it was the same month. I, I moved to Denver and then went down to, I think it was in Fort Worth, the second or third podcast movement. Hmm. And it was at podcast movement where I went to a session, which is interesting because I barely go to sessions anymore. Um, but maybe I should because it was going to a session listening to WNYC and, and NPR. Uh, I forget which one of those big people were talking about how they use multiple shows to cross promote each other. And I was like, hmm, I need more shows. <laughs> and so I left podcast movement. And one of my first phone calls was to Rich at Old Premeds, and I said, Rich, you have content already. The Old Premeds was a forum where students, non-traditional Old Premeds, would go on and ask questions. I said, you have content already. Let's take the questions that people are asking, and let's turn them into podcast episodes. We'll, we'll, we'll ask the question and then answer it. And so we launched that podcast together back in 2015, maybe beginning of 2016. That was my second podcast. And now I own that site and kind of wrapped it into my medical school HQ site and continue answering those questions every week by myself. And I reached out to a magazine in the space. I said, hey, you guys have content. Let me read the articles. And at the end, I'll, I'll commentate on them. That never went anywhere. And so I was just trying to see who had content and where we could make new podcasts in my my third podcast was the MCAT podcast. I reached out to a test prep company. I had start. I was starting to build a relationship with them. They were sponsoring some episodes. I was an affiliate for them. And I said, hey, you guys have content. <laughs> if you can see the trend here, I reach out to people. You guys have content. Let me, let me turn it into a podcast for you. And so they're like, yeah, let's do that. And so that was the MCAT podcast, my third one. And so I just keep doing that over and over and over again. And so I'm creating tons of content, tons of value for the audience without really a ton of work on my end because the content is there. I'm just bringing my knowledge of podcasting and the brand that I've built over time to to them. Now, are you hosting all of these? I know you said the one for <laughs> old pre-meds started off with a, a friend, but are you now hosting all of these? I host almost every show in the Meded Media Network. There are two shows that aren't mine that are just part of the network as as a kind of collaboration, mm -hmm. uh, cross-branding thing. And then we have a separate brand called Med Diaries that my wife now hosts. And uh, those ones, that's a very interesting podcast format, but uh, she hosts those. And those are, those are four different podcasts. One of them at this point is launched. One of them is launched out of four. Yeah, out so of four. is she getting out of doctoring? I mean, is she, is she going to join? <laughs> Not, you? Yet. Not yet. I was going to say. Not yet. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, well, since you have a network, how do you handle bringing on a show? What kind of paperwork and T's do you cross and I's do you dot so that things don't get icky? I'm launching a new one here in a week or two called Board Rounds. It's actually live in iTunes. It's been live in iTunes for over a year. Because that was a, a hiccup where I had reached out to a, a test prep company. This was going to be my, my first foray into the med student world. 
med students after their second year have to take a big test, the, the first part of their national boards. And so I went to a test prep company. I said, hey, you guys have content. Let's turn it into a podcast. And uh, I reached out to, to one person in the space who I already had a relationship with. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then he got busy and <laughs> I never talked to him again. And so, but between the, yeah, let's do it. And I never talked to him. I like, I created the artwork. I, I mm. put it in iTunes or Apple podcasts. Sorry, Apple gods. Yeah. And so that's been sitting there forever. And so I finally found another company and I, I reached out to them and I said, hey, you guys have content. Here's what I'm doing. You could easily do this on your own. But I already have the brand. I have the pre-meds who are going to turn into med students who are going to be needing the content that you have. Let's do it. And so it's, it's an affiliate relationship. We have a contract that just shows who owns everything and, and nothing. And, and I run it by a lawyer who uh, I have. And so, yeah, so it's just some of them, like my, my MCAT podcast, we just, it's a lot of just handshake stuff and emails mm-hmm. back and forth and no real huge contracts. And so it just depends on who I'm dealing with and how well I know them. And it goes back to the relationship again. Relationships. It's all the relationships. Well, you've done this uh, strategy of, hey, you have content. Let's turn it into <laughs> a podcast. I'm assuming over the years you have refined that uh, that pitch. If somebody no. wants to, uh, no, <laughs> no, no. I mean, go go ahead with your question. <laughs> well, I mean, if somebody goes, hey, you know what? I should probably try that with somebody because I've done it in the past. I, I my, like Michael J. Fox and UNICEF are two that I can think of that I pitched about two years too early because they were mm-hmm. like a what a pod what, <laughs> and then I turn around two years later, I'm like, oh. That was my idea. Dog on it. So what would be your advice to somebody who wants to go up to somebody and say, hey, you have content. Let's turn that into a podcast. For me, it's being consistent with the brand, right? Even before we, we started recording, you're like, dude, your brand is on point. And, and I've been very purposeful about everything that I do is related to my brand of helping students into and through medical school. And so I'm not going, oh, look, Michael J. Fox, I'm going to go start a podcast with him. I'm like, oh, there's this other company out there who can potentially offer value to the audience that I already have coming to me. Hmm. Let's do something. I got on the phone the other day with a company who's going to come on the podcast. They're a great potential sponsor. They do trips. It's, It's medical tourism kind of where students will go and they'll observe physicians in another country and they'll get to experience what it's like to be a physician and get to experience other healthcare settings. And I was having a call with them and they're not very good at content. And I'm like, dude, like you guys need a videographer to go on these trips, to record everything that's happening. Talk to these students after their day in the operating room or in the hospital, wherever they are. And then I'm like, or you could just on when they're home, do a podcast and interview them. What was the trip like? How did you do? What like? Wh- did you enjoy it? What did you do? What did you see? What did you feel? And I was like, I could do the podcast for you. We could call it this. And so like by the end of the day, I had artwork drawn up and I sh- shipped it to him. I'm like, this could be the podcast. Mm. And it's like, again, you guys have the content. You have these students who are going and getting these experiences. And I think their experiences would be valuable to hear for my audience. Let's create a podcast. and. Uh, I don't know where that's going to go. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you know that. That is actually a an old sales strategy. When I worked in uh, the copier industry, uh, it was great to see a salesman go, hey, how big is that corner that the uh, 
that your current copier is sitting in. What is that, about four feet by three feet? And they'd be like, yeah, probably. And somebody would go grab a ruler and they're like, well, the, the, the unit I'm talking about right now is actually a little smaller. So you would have more. And, and they start to get the the potential client to see the copier yeah. in that corner. So you're like, hey, this could be you. This could be your <laughs> artwork. This is yeah. how you could sign. So that's a, it's without being overly salesy. That's what I love yeah. about it. It's just like, hey, if you want to know, this this could be you. So yeah, very cool. And, and it, that's the funny thing. Like, it's not a sales pitch, really, because I'm, I mean, I'm getting right. content out of it, but I'm not asking them for large sums of money. And most of our my relationships that I have with people, they're not paying me up front. A lot of them are just affiliate relationships, which have have born to be very fruitful. But well, I was going to say, you've got the right audience and the right product. That's when, yeah. to me, affiliate beats. CPM and all that yeah. other fun-filled sponsorship stuff. Is that your primary strategy is affiliate income at this point? At this point, I, I did the math recently. I was like, I have so much inventory to use the the language mm-hmm. uh, of, of the advertising spots with all of the podcasts that I have with a, a, a decent email list and the largest pre-med community on Facebook that I, I have an opportunity there to, to sponsor. But it's one of those things that I... I push off to do last because that is the least value add to my audience because it's just here, buy this stuff, buy this stuff, buy this stuff. And, and so I, I worry about that last. And so I never get to it. So is, I, I know you've mentioned like your wife has three other shows on, on deck. How many shows do you have on deck? So I have seven that I currently have out in the world, right? There's one that I have ready to go called Med School Open House. Uh, I've started inviting guests onto that show where I will interview uh, deans of admissions at medical schools and a medical student at the school just to talk about their school, what what it's like and what the mm-hmm. culture's like and what programs do they have uh, because it's a huge deficiency in our space to for for students who are applying to medical school to find information. And so I'm like, if I can go to them and just have a conversation about their programs, and great. And then I can just build more relationships with them. Again, this, there's no sponsor for it. There's no, right? It's, it's the anti-Glenn the Geek, where, where Glenn is like, I'll start a show if I have a sponsor. I'm like, I'm going to start a show if it provides value for my audience, and obviously if I have the bandwidth. Right, and I know almost everyone you've mentioned here, and even when you started this, your heart has always been, I want to help people. Like, I remember yep. you've told me before about the specialty stories. Like, people think, like, you have to pick a specialty. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't know. I'm thinking about going into urology. And people are <laughs> like, what? Urolo-? You'll actually have, if I if I remember right, you'll have, like, a urologist come on and explain what it's like, basically. Yeah. Yeah, why they chose that specialty, what they like about it, what they don't like about it, what did the training path look like. Yeah. Yeah, that's specialty stories. So that, again, is a way to help people without having to fly all over the country to get this information and visit schools and yeah. do phone calls and scheduling. It's just like, Hey, it's all right here. Come and click and, and listen. Yeah. Let's go back a second. You said yeah. you, um, you started off, you, you know how to do some coding. Are you still managing your website or have you, no. what have you outsourced? Cause at one point you were probably doing most of this stuff. And at some point, yeah. you out- so when did you start outsourcing this stuff? Uh, when I, as soon as I could afford it. And, and so, uh, the website, the, the big redesign that I went through a couple of years ago, I hired one developer here locally who I knew who kind of screwed me in the end. And then mm-hmm. I went out and hired Anthony Tran from marketing access pass 
I think is the, his name, Map. Um, so a- Anthony, I love. He's a former Air Force vet like I am. And he's been amazing. Uh, I, I'm sending him emails almost every day. I, I kind of keep him on retainer. And we're going through a lot of website stuff right now. And so he does all the website stuff. For several years now, I've had somebody do my show notes. Uh, somebody who takes those show notes and actually creates the individual images for the podcast episodes and then puts it uh, into WordPress. I have uh, somebody who does that. I have a transcriptionist here in the US who I pay to transcribe all my podcasts, even though I don't really do anything with those transcriptions at this point. But I've had uh, a few um, students who are are deaf or hard of hearing uh, reach out to me and ask for those. And so I just, I pay for those to be done. Uh, Although I'm going to switch to um, more automated ways of doing that soon in the near future. So, and I actually just hired my first two employees. So that's been a huge milestone in my, my growth and business is I hired a part-time COO and a full-time student who knows my content and can uh, help me continue to make more content. Now, what are those two doing? Uh, so my COO is doing just a lot of project management. Uh, I, I have the the unfortunate uh, dilemma of most entrepreneurs of way too many ideas and not enough time. Mm. And so she is just helping with organizing everything and and communicating with the rest of my team members and getting everything going. And then uh, the student is, I've had this big project for my website uh, to create posts for every medical school and the questions that they ask as part of their application process. Uh, And it's, again, value add for the students. It's great SEO, but I just haven't had time to do that. And so we have the, the student is going through all of that right now, creating all of those posts. And then we have a big review site coming, med school reviews uh, coming so that students who are at the schools can review their their med schools. So just one project after another, after another, after another. Uh, I got them together. We The, the students in California, the part-time COO is here actually locally in my community, which is how I met her. And uh, we had a little three-day retreat here a couple weeks ago. And yeah, I'm excited because this is the first time I've, I've actually had help to to actually grow and not just kind of do show notes and, and posting and stuff. Right. And then the fun on top of all this other fun things, you just had a baby. A second baby. Yeah. Yes, we have baby. a, a four month old as we're recording. This. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, holy cow. And, <laughs> and we moved and my <laughs> wife quit her stable income, full-time job and opened up her own private practice. So now we have two entrepreneurs in the family and yeah, we're making it work. We, we downsized, we we're selling our house. We're renting for a little while. We're, we're doing what we need to do to, to live the life we want to live. How do you guys, because the problem is your, your life and your job is kind of intermingling a little bit there. Like, you're, you're, like how, do you, how do you avoid talking about podcasting over dinner? We don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, she is not as into the podcasting yet. Uh, I, I think she still sees it as something she has to do, although she loves uh, when students are calling. The The format of her podcast is completely different, where students just call an 800 number and leave a voicemail. And then we play the voicemail, and she responds to it. And she has more empathy than I do, so she's good at that one, because it's students calling with their struggles and, and successes and everything. And at the end of their call, they're usually like, thank you guys for having this. It, it was amazing to just talk about this and get it off my chest. And so she's starting to see the impact that she's having. And uh, I, I think she'll grow and grow and grow with it. And obviously, she sees the impact that I've had 
with my podcast. And so I, I, I think a, a family that podcasts together stays together yeah. is, is my new shirt that we should be wearing to <laughs> podcast movement. But it's part of our life. And, and it's like, oh, it's time to record tonight. And uh, right now they're home. They're they're upstairs because in our in our new house, like the the kitchen is right over me, mm-hmm. and it's an unfinished basement, and so all the sound transfers down. Excellent. And so they're they're up upstairs in my kids' room, just hanging out, so I can record with you. Well, and along the way, you've also written three books because you yeah. just have all sorts of spare time. Apparently, why not? <laughs> What's why not any lessons? Because obviously, you did one. You went, "Hey, I'm going to do another one." Yeah. How did those come about, and how did you go about producing them? And so the the first one was the the pre med playbook guide to the medical school interview. Uh, one of the the biggest things with the medical school interview, the books that were out there, a lot of them just provided kind of the nuts and bolts and not a lot of examples. And I do a lot of coaching with students, and so I ha- I have recordings of interviews that I do with students, mock interviews, and one of the the things that's missing is examples. I have all the examples. I can quickly write the nuts and bolts part. And so that one was just going, getting permission from the students to transcribe our discussions, our interviews, and finding good examples and putting it all together and and creating a book. And I was going to self-publish that one. And then I I had an introduction through Jody Mayberry to Morgan James, a, a kind of entrepreneurial publisher. They're kind of a hybrid publisher. And uh, I hemmed and hawed and, and went back and forth about self-publishing versus uh, doing it with them, and I decided to end up with them because my audience are very traditional. They're they're in schools, they're in universities, they're next to to bookstores, and so I said if I can get into bookstores, then then I'll try that route. And the first book did great, and then the second book did well. The third book, the the pre med playbook guide to the MCAT, is actually my MCAT podcast. Right, I, I went to the the next step. The the people I do the MCAT podcast with, I said, hey, we we have so much content here in the podcast. Let's create an outline for a book and get a ghostwriter to to take all of our podcast episodes and turn it into a book. And so that's how we created the third book. Nice. Again, yeah. just taking that content going, okay, what can we do with this? It's yes. already here. Let's, yeah. let's see what we can do with this. <laughs> um, if somebody hears this now and goes, hmm, you know, I might try this strategy of just going to people, what would be your advice to to the young pup podcaster that goes, I'm going to start a podcast about insert topic here. I, it all started because of the brand that I had built, uh, the audience that I have amassed. And, and it's not a huge audience. I think pre-med years gets between seven and 8,000 downloads an episode at this point, which is, is, is large for most people. But when I think that there's, 100,000 pre-med students every year. I'm like, ah, I want to be at 100,000 downloads an episode. <laughs> it it took a long time, Dave. Uh, 2012 mm. to 20 end of 2015 beginning of 2016 when I first launched my my second uh, podcast and then third one shortly after and then fourth fifth sixth and they they all started coming, but I had built the audience, I had built the trust, I'd built the brand that I could then go to these people and say, you could easily do this yourself. And if you want to, I'll help you. Or we can do it together and leverage the brand that I've already built. And so for anybody out there who's thinking about this, if, if you're early on in the process, don't try it possibly, right? Yeah. Don't, don't try to, to water down your brand by spreading yourself too thin. Build your own brand, build your audience, and then potentially look for 
those companies out there who are also in the space, who are also providing value to the same audience and who you can potentially go to to uh, help you and your audience. Well, you are the mastermind in a Facebook group. I forget the even, is it NFC chip? What is the chip? Yeah, the NFC chip. Yeah, near field communication. Yeah, and you have, uh, you let me know you've corrected me because I, I thought I was looking at moo.com or something like that mm-hmm. that had that. And they were saying that it did not work with an iPhone. And you said, no, no, no. Uh, I forget what opera, which version. Oh, and he's showing me right now. He's swiping the phone. There it is. Awesome. That's it's it's just that easy. <laughs> so it does yeah, work with it's an just iPhone. that easy. It does work. Uh, I I went to a conference. So my my plan was, and I, I know you talked about this in your last episode or a couple episodes ago, was put it under a mouse pad. So. I went on to Amazon. So the Moo cards are expensive hmm. uh, and they're nice. They're business cards. And so I went on to Amazon and found plastic credit card looking cards for 25 cards for like 11 bucks. Nice. That I could program with an Android phone, which I have. And I, I laminated them using self laminating sheets and put them under a mouse pad at a conference. And I had custom mouse pads made up that said, hey, put your phone down here if you subscribe on Spotify, put your phone down here to subscribe on on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And uh, it was an utter failure. I think it worked for one person who also had the newest iPhone. Uh, I, I think either the, the mouse pads were too thick or mm. the cases that people had were too thick. And so it was a fun experiment. And then one person thought, I think, that the mouse pads were part of the giveaway because I was giving away everything on the table, so I, I lost a mouse pad throughout the day. But it was an experiment, and it failed, uh, and so I'll just keep trying. Well, that's and you said you were at an event. Is that another way you promote your show? Oh, I, I waste a lot of money uh, investing. It's not waste. Uh, I spend a lot of money going to conferences, getting in front of uh, potential listeners, and my goal is listen to the podcast, listen to podcast, listen to podcast. So however I can streamline that process of getting them to subscribe and, and it's usually just me sitting there taking everybody's phones give me your phone i'll subscribe for you uh, so so everything i do is trying to to lower that barrier of entry uh, which is why i tried these nfc chips uh, but yeah i go to a lot of conferences i i i spend a lot of money to buy shirts to give away because college students love shirts my three books i spend a lot of money to have books shipped out and give those away so, yeah, it's, and I, I speak at most of the conferences I go to now. So it's another way to to kind of get in front of people and show them that I know what I'm talking about. And then they come and listen to me. And so if you have a booth at one of these places, what is something somebody should do at a booth or what what works there? I, apparently not NFC chips. So we'll, we'll scratch that off the list. But what do you, or just tripping people and grabbing their phones? What do you basically yeah. do when you're in the booth? I I just talk to people and and say hello and they they kind of flock to me, specifically my audience, because I'm a physician and, and most of the people who have booths aren't. Mm. And so they see that and want to talk to me. And and if it's after one of my talks, then a lot of people who are in the session with me will then come to my booth and talk to me. But it's it's really just having those conversations. I, I go to a lot of conferences and, and most of the people I see at booths are sitting behind the booth, uh, sitting down on their phone and I'm standing up in front of the booth just to try to say hello and, and meet people. Got it. And then how do you get them to your booth? Uh, you Obviously, when you come to the, when they hear you speak, then there's this stampede. But what about yeah. the other day or two that's there? 
yeah, giveaways, having having those shirts, having those books, and then other people are like, oh, where'd you get that? And they go, oh, it's at that table over there. Nice. Yeah. If we had to pick, what's the one thing that you've done that you're you would consider your your greatest success? And then what's mm-hmm. one thing you've tried that just completely blew up in your face? So I think at the core of everything I do, and when I got my two employees uh, together a couple weeks ago, what I led with was everything that I've done from the beginning, uh, because this was a side project. This, I was working in the Air Force as a physician, my wife a physician, that this didn't need to make money for me. It was just a fun little thing I was doing. And so it didn't need to make me money. And I, I think that's what led to the majority of my success is that mindset of how can I provide as much value as possible without extracting anything from my audience, without any expectation of anything in return. And and so I think that has led to my success 100% is just provide as much value as possible. Don't expect anything in return. And in return, it's it's changed my life, obviously, uh, to be able to do this full time, to to now be able to support my wife. She, she left her stable job and is opening up her private practice um, all on the income that I'm generating now as a, a full-time podcaster, author kind of dude. And uh, so that's, that's biggest success. Just provide value and, and don't expect anything in return. And then my biggest failure, I, I think, has been just trying to do too much all by myself. And it's it's easier now because I have the the income, the the capital to to go out and hire these people. Uh, but even back before I had the income, I I still was trying to do way too much uh, things that didn't require money, but just projects and ideas and thoughts. And I, I was too distracted and not and not focused enough on just communicating with with one person at a time. Uh, I was just chasing too many different. Different yeah. things. Yeah, that's that's me. 17 number one priorities. <laughs> Doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is the biggest mistake you see people – because I see you in the different forms and stuff, and you're sitting there watching them like I am. What do you think is the probably the biggest mistake you think new podcasters are making right now? Worrying way too much about their numbers. Mm-hmm. Way too much about their numbers. The, the only time I look at my numbers is when I upload a new episode into Libsyn, and I – I, I see my stats. I'm like, oh, my, my show is down a little bit this week. Oh, well. <laughs> That's uh, it. And, and it, so it's easy, again, to say at this point, I'm, I have over 4 million downloads at this point. Nice. But it's, it really doesn't matter. Uh, the, everybody who asks, like, how do I build an audience? One person at a time. Mm. I, I've spent way too much time on Twitter connecting with people not trying to sell them my podcast, but to try to answer a question. And if I happen to have a podcast episode about it, I will also throw in, hey, I also interviewed somebody about this. You should go check it out. Uh, but I, I, I provide as much value as possible, one person at a time. And, and I try not to, to get into the, the quote unquote, get rich quick schemes of, of oh, uh, I got a, a LinkedIn message from this person in the Philippines who can grow my <laughs> iTunes chart rankings for only $5. It's just the, the shortcut never wins. No, no, no. That's amen, brother. I, I <laughs> Yay. So, well, Ryan, you have so many shows. Holy cow. Uh, and you've explained now that you've been, you know, as you could afford it, you've, you've, you know, uh, what's not the word? Um, where you hand it off to somebody. You've delegated. That's the official. Delegated, yeah. You've delegated this stuff. So 
have you ever missed an episode with all these different shows? I mean, it's a lot to juggle. It, it is a lot to juggle. And through thick and thin, through through some not fun health stuff and moving across the country and, and all this other stuff, the pre-med years, 315 episodes in, hasn't missed a week. Old pre-meds, 155 episodes in, hasn't missed a week. The MCAT podcast, 122 episodes in, missed a week, but it was a mistake that I just forgot to publish an episode. And uh, specialty stories, unfortunately, is is my my kind of sad podcast because that's not one where I went to somebody. I was like, "Hey, you guys have content." It's I have to go out and find all these physicians mm. and and bring them on as guests. And oh, apparently, physicians are busy. Who knew? And so that one was consistent through sixty or so episodes, and then kind of fell off the face of the planet. And now that I have. Uh, a student employee helping me. Uh, we're going to reboot that one and get that one consistent again. Uh, so yeah, the consistency, I think I, I actually did a, uh, one of those PMX talks at podcast boom a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. I said, content isn't king. Consistency is king. And uh, I, I think that's been driving a, a ton of just listeners knowing that I'm going to be there every week and getting that feedback. Like, Oh, I, I listen to you Wednesday morning on my way to school, on my way to the gym. And if if I release an episode later that day or or something, I'll get some some email saying, "Hey, where's where's the episode?" See, that's it. And I always tell people when you can when you can do it on a consistent basis, you become part of their routine, and mm-hmm. that's the exact response you want. Hey, where's the podcast? Yep. that's exactly what you want, and that then also then shows you who are your your total super fans because those are the people going, "Hey, you're an hour and a half late. What's going on? Are you okay?" And yeah. that's that just opens the door to another great conversation. So very, very cool. Well, everybody, you can go over and check him out. Again, I, even if you're not a medical student, go over to <laughs> medicalschoolhq.net and just check out his website. I love his about page. When you go to the podcast page, if you click on like the pre-med years, which is what I'm clicking on right now, you know, it comes up and you've just got the shows there. It explains what the show is. You've got links right there to subscribe, also by email. Then you've got a video on how to subscribe, which shows you exactly how. Then you've got a jukebox player from uh, Pat Flynn. And then you've just got tons of episodes that just keep showing up. And about the time you think, wow, that's a lot of episodes, more of them show up. That's (laughs) It's a fun page. So Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks for having me, Dave. Super nice guy. What I liked about that is A, he started off and he built a really solid basement of his house. If his podcast is a house, he had that first show going. He built his brand. He made it solid. He was consistent always with does this help my audience? And B, am I consistently delivering it so that I can become part of their routine? And then he just didn't reach out to anybody. It was like, hey, here's somebody who has content that would fit my audience. I love the fact that he started off with you know, pre-med, and then he came up with something, for lack of a better phrase, post-med, because his audience had grown up. I really loved that idea. And so if you're thinking about doing something like this, remember, focus on does this give value to my audience? Good to meet you, Dale. You guys ever consider doing a podcast together? Because I would listen. Well, sure I have. I'm asking to be on my podcast. You got Dale. One last thing as we get ready to head out the door. If you log into your WordPress and you're like, what happened? Well, WordPress 5.0 just came out. It has this thing called Gutenberg as the new way to create 
your show notes or a blog post, whatever you want to call it. And I'm here to tell you, if you log in, you're like, wait, what is this? All you need to do is go to plugins, click on add new and search for classic editor. That will allow you to make a plugin that makes the new WordPress look just like the old one until you can kind of get some time to watch a few tutorials and figure out how to use the new system. I'll be taking some time over the next week or so to update the WordPress uh, course at the School of Podcasting. It is a little different. It's once you see what they're doing, it's like, oh, okay, it's not that different. I'm personally, it's funny right now saying I'm not a fan of it. You know why? Because I'm human. We don't like change. But if you see that on your dashboard of your website and you're using WordPress, that's what happened over the last few days as they upgraded in some cases up to 5.0. And now there's a thing called Gutenberg. So keep that in mind. And like I said, I'll be updating the School of Podcasting to reflect the new changes. So in the future, I'll be interviewing Troy Heinrichs and we'll be talking about some lessons he learned. He went to a uh, live taping of Dak Shepard's uh, armchair podcast, and he's going to be sharing the good and the bad of that uh, live events. That's a way that people are now making money with their podcast. And if you don't have a huge audience, you can still do live events. We'll be talking about that in the future. I'm hoping to be talking about the new road roadcaster. I'm actually looking for double confirmation that they're sending me one to play with. And of course, whatever you would like to talk to. And of course, the last episode is going to be that my favorite podcast episode. So again, don't forget to send those in. And if you're looking to start a podcast, I would love to help you. If you go to schoolofpodcasting.com, there are multiple ways to help you. Simply go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. If you'd like to join the membership program, schoolofpodcasting.com slash work with me. If you'd like to, you guessed it, work with me. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Well, joining me via Scott Squadcast. God, why did I go into radio voice guy? That was weird. <laughs> Absolute favorite question. And here's the most important part of that. Why? Don't forget the why. We're going to re-record that because you forgot the why. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code SOP free when you sign up, and that will get you a month off at Libsyn. That's the wrong coupon. Yeah.